Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Love Talk Radio. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in once again to the place where sports opinions collide. Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about March Madness. That's right, the brackets are out and everybody's picking their final four. We're also going to get in some NFL talk. What's going on with the Panthers? And Jim Ursay from the Colts got busted for DUI and pills? What the hell's going on? Definitely going to get in some NBA talk as the MVP race heats up. Of course, I'm going to be joined by my boys. You know them from Dead End Hip Hop, B, FIFO, and Ken. So pass the word. Dead End Sports. It's about to go down. Right now. Um, but there's always some teams that kind of get left out. 
Um, teams left holding the bag. Teams that just didn't make the cut and end up having to go to the NIT. Uh, oh my God! So I'll, I'll start oh first God. with you, B. Who are some of your biggest teams that were snubbed from the uh, from the NCAA tournament? S S M U S M U S M U S M U. I don't know how many times I got to say S M U. S M U got the raw deal, the raw deal. And you know, taking looking at what Larry Brown did with that squad, and then you know. Taking them into what they did this season, I think there was like a top twenty-four ranked team, and they still didn't make the playoff. I mean, the uh, right. that's that's crazy. Usually, if you're a ranked team, you, you guaranteed to get in. Mm-hmm. I mean, regardless if you win your conference tournament or not, that's why I, I hate these conference tournaments sometimes. Man, sometimes it's just like a waste of time, or sometimes I look at it as a way for the the committee to get those so-called bigger conference schools that's not having a good season a chance to get into the to the to the tournament, and I hate that. That's one thing I hate about that kind of tournament. It's like you telling me a twenty. What was that record? Twenty four and six. You telling me a twenty four and six SMU is not as good as a a a, a fourteen and and fifteen uh, mid major conference that would happen to win a conference tournament. You telling me SMU is not better than that team. You know the point of it is to get the sixty four best teams or sixty eight sixty eight best teams in the tournament, and I feel like they didn't do that this year. There's a couple, but, I mean, it's a couple more that got snubbed, but the, 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 the four or something that stuck out easily is SMU. I, I said that as soon as I saw the practice. I was like, what? SMU is not in the tournament? You know what, B? I, I really yeah. don't have um, any more um, snubs. So you go on ahead and go on with your list because you're making up <laughs> You said what? No, you said go ahead with your list. Um, did you have anybody yeah, else on the I, I, SMU was, was, like, by far the biggest snub. I agree there. Uh, did you have any more, B? Uh, go to, I mean, I, I had to go. I'm not upstairs in my room. I had to go up in my room and grab it. But I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. like, in the basement right now. So go ahead, Ken. I'll come up and get, I'll get my list. Well, I, I, I think the the glaring miss was, was SMU, man. And I think we could really talk about that uh, for, for uh, a few minutes yeah. here because – if, if they were penalized for losing their last three games, mm-hmm. and and two of those two of those games, if if I recall, were against ranked teams, one being Louisville, I believe, in Memphis, and um, and they barely lost those games. It, it wasn't like they were blowout games, right? Exactly. So, you know, they showed that they can play with the big boys, and they deserve to be in the dance with the big boys. You know, and and your point was 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 perfect, B, because they're obviously way better than some of the teams that managed to get in That's by winning the conference. Like right. some of the teams are playing in tonight for the playing game. You telling me SMU is not better than these teams that's playing in these playing games? <laughs> right. Get, like get out of here! Like you you gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me! That, yeah, that, I mean, I feel like I'm at, I feel like I'm Larry Brown or SMU and Lumber or something. I'm, I'm like kicked that SMU is not in here. I'm like, are you kidding? me? That's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I mean, I I, I under—I don't understand, but I can see them looking at SMU's last three games and saying, you know what, they're struggling right now. And, and like you said before, B, they want to – no, you want to have the, the 64 best teams in the, in the league. And they're looking at a team that struggled losing three straight, and they're like, well – if we put them in this in this tournament, it could be four straight. And right. how would that affect the quality of the tournament? Um, 
it affects it a lot if you got scrub teams in, you know, from our perspective, from but for what they're looking at more than likely is is the fact that they're 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 losing right now. But you're talking about a team that was what, twenty four and three before that? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, they have they beat four ranked teams this year. They deserve they deserve to be in the in, in the contest. It's 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 a crying shame, man. It, 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 it's it's an outrage. And for Larry Brown you know to what? just take that is is I, I don't it's know. I, I, I guess. Well, go ahead, people. Go, I'm sorry. Go ahead, people. You know, um, no, nah, just just to go on the point that you were saying in terms of how many ranked teams that should be. Wichita State, granted, they deserve to be there in the undefeated regular season. Right. But you know, they they didn't beat a top twenty-five ranked team throughout the season. You know, the, the one of the teams that they did beat was ranked after they beat them. But you know, throughout the course of the season, Wichita State didn't have one. So I, that that's mm-hmm. that's the reason why, like for me, you you guys already know I don't follow college ball like that. But I know SMU is a snub. It's definitely a snub. But I don't have any more. You guys, are, man, y'all made all the points. I ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> yeah, that, that man, that SMU is like, oh my god, what kind yeah, of yeah? I I, 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 I what, definitely what, agree, what, man. What? I, I was. Unfortunately, man, I was sick all day. I had a stomach virus all day Sunday, so I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even see any games Sunday. I was just in the bed, knocked out. I didn't see any games. I woke up like selections when the selection came on, and then I, I got the tweet from B that SMU got snubbed. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. And I mean, like I couldn't believe it. SMU definitely deserves to be in. Um, Somebody else twenty-three and nine, twelve and six in the conference. Um, you know, it, they. They did what they were supposed to do. I, I definitely understand where Ken is coming from and maybe the, the selection committee's thought process. But, you know, every it's year uh, there's going to be some teams that get left out. I get that. But to me, that's, that's just glaring right there. That, that's, SMU is a team. And, it, and it's kind of disheartening to to be a coach like Larry Brown and you got to look your kids in the eyes and tell them, yo, we went 23-9. But we can't go to the big dance, you know. And and you know, some of it's political. I think, you know, I, I don't know if Larry Brown's ever rubbed anybody the wrong. Way. I don't know. I know he's back in coaching in college and he's enjoying it. And you know, this is you know the <clears throat> later stages of his career as far as coaching. And he's resurrected this team. SMU has never been known for basketball. Um, right. That being and said, I think you know. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What did you say, B? Uh, another team that got snowed was Georgia State. Georgia yeah. State got snowed. They were 17 and one in their conference. Overall record twenty five and eight, and they didn't make it to the tournament. Wow! They didn't get in. Yeah, and that, and hey, that I mean, just puts I, more onus on, like you said, B, winning the conference tournament. Which you know, I, I mean, it, it, it's it's not set up for the worst team in the conference to win the conference tournament. No, nope, but if it does not. happen, you know, then they they they've stolen basically a bid. You know, if a team like well, I don't know Georgia Tech wins the ACC tournament, they get the automatic any, bid. But you know the yeah, exactly. But the Dukes and the Carolinas, are, you know, they're going to get in. But teams on the fringe like NC State, they probably don't get in, you know, just because the the, the lesser seed won. Um, I wrote down a couple other snubs, not as big as, as SMU, but but still noteworthy that it's the same. Uh, Green Bay. Green Bay went 24-6, and 14-2 and yep. in the conference. Yep. And they didn't yep. um, And they didn't get in. And they beat um, Virginia in November. And Virginia yeah. is one of the, the hottest ACC teams camp. in the country right now, the and you know that's that's nice feather in their cap, and they're you know they're yeah. they're not in the big dance. Um, Florida crazy. State went nineteen and thirteen, uh, nine and yeah. nine in the conference. So they you know they were kind of on the bubble, not as big a snub. Uh, Arkansas went twenty one and eleven, ten and eight in the SEC. 
Uh, they were also in the bubble as well. I think they knew coming into the SEC tournament they would have to do well. Uh, and Cal in the Pac-10, uh, they went 19-13, which is respectable, 10-8 and eight in the conference. Um, but they battled, uh, they beat Oregon, they beat Stanford and Colorado. Um, you know, but they, a lot of this stuff is based on the RPI ratings, which to me is like, sort of like the damn BCS. <laughs> you really can't understand yeah. how they, yeah. how they come up with this stuff. So it, it's going to yeah. be interesting to see, man. It, it's, it's, it's sad because like I said, you know, teams, teams get snubbed and, and, and you want to see teams to keep playing. And, and yeah, there's the NIT. And I even saw something where Indiana turned down a bid to play in the NIT. You know, their AD said, no, it, "Well, you know, we're Indiana. We don't play in that. We yeah. don't play in these tournaments." It was a, no, it was like some kind of seed something kind of. I don't know if that's what they call the NIT now, but it was. I saw it on SportsCenter yesterday where it was. They turned mm-hmm. down to play in that. It was a seed something. It began with a C. It wasn't okay. an NIT tournament though, but it began with a C. But I can't remember exactly what it was. I'm gonna have to find I'll out find exactly it. what it was. But yeah, they turned. But they turned it down. <laughs> You're right. They did turn down that tournament because they was like, "Yeah, we Indiana. We got more, you know, bigger prize now." I'm like, uh. Yeah, you're right. I wasn't really, you know, making that much noise like that, and you know, in the, in, the, in the Big Ten. So, you know, calm down. You, you know, y'all went, y'all went, y'all was like seven and eleven in the Big Ten. Y'all record was seventeen and fifteen. What you expect? Y'all, I mean, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, like and uh, quiet is kept, man. Tom Crean, uh, the head coach, he's on the hot seat, man. He is, he is yeah, rumored he is. to be. Yep. The buzzers are circling around. I'm, I'm hearing rumors about uh, uh, Mike Woodson, the head coach at, uh, for the Knicks, uh, who probably will get fired now that Phil Jackson's in place in New York. Uh, yep. and, um, and Mike Woodson is uh, obviously an Indiana alum. Uh, he is favored for the candidacy for that particular position. So uh, Tom Crean, uh, obviously he came from Marquette, big big time in um developing uh Dwayne Wayne Dwayne Wade excuse me uh his career when he was at Marquette um struggled a bit in Indiana and, and you know high hopes are always hopes are always high in Indiana for basketball I mean they live and breathe oh, yeah. basketball but yeah. you know to make that kind of statement I thought that was kind of just say nah we're not gonna come don't don't say well we're in Indiana yeah. I mean, like you said you, yeah. you know, at this point if you put up that kind of record you gotta you kind of gotta take what you get yeah phone number to call in 646-478-0356 again 646- Four seven eight zero three five six. You are listening live to Dead End Sports. I'm your host, Twelve Kyle, joined by my partners, FIFO, B, and Ken. Hit us up six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Now, the next question I have for you guys: uh, You know, a lot of things come into play when it when it comes to the tournament. You've got six games uh, to win it all. Uh, so, and I'll start first with you, FIFO. What are some of the things that you got to do? to get a win in the NCAA tournament? Well, the very the very first thing I'm going to talk about, uh, you already know what I when I play. I play point guard. <laughs> you definitely need, you need guard play, whether it's your point or your two. You need that. And then, um, you know, the rest of it, man, it, it, it just comes down to basketball, you know. And when it comes to college, you know, the coaches, the atmosphere – all of that plays into it just a little bit more than professional sports. And, you know, I, I think that the main thing is is you, you have to be able to keep your emotions in check and mm-hmm. you have to be able to play your game. Because in college, unlike the NBA, play styles are very different, very different. Right. Depending on who you play, you know, first and foremost, I think you have to trust the coach that they did their homework 
you know, to prepare you. And then just individually, man, you just got to go out there and do what you do best. You know, every player is completely unique and different. So I think realistically, man, it comes down to trust. It coming down to, you know, what you do best and just go out there and perform, you know, and, 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 and don't let the ups and downs of the game, you know, control the outcome. Because basketball is very emotional, especially when you're talking mm-hmm. about college. No doubt, no doubt. What, what about you, Ken? What, what do you think are some of the things that it's going to take to get, you know, one win and then subsequently the next win? Because, you know, it gets harder and harder each time out that you hit the floor. Turnovers, I think, are really key, and, and that's in, in any professional sport, but, but definitely turnovers because in college college basketball, momentum is, is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And and if you're turning the ball over and the teams are, are, you know, taking advantage of those turnovers and getting those easy buckets, um, they're, they're going to snatch the momentum. And like people just said, because emotions, and you're, such, you're, you're so young, Emotion really, really plays a factor once that momentum swings to the other team because now all of a sudden you're pressing and you're you're right. really trying to do your best to stop that momentum. Oh, we got to get a bucket. We got to do something. And maybe it's another turnover. Maybe it's a, a, a poor shot, or maybe it's a you know you, you're mis misreading a cut here or there, and 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 you know you're just not on the same team, or maybe you start playing one on one basketball because you feel like you got to be the guy to to kind of snatch momentum back. So mm-hmm. I think turnovers can really play a big factor when it comes to to the tournament. But more than uh, the other thing I look at and that I've noticed over the last couple of years is the shots. You know you okay. got to be able to score, and if you're especially if you are a jump shooting team. I think you are really the most vulnerable because, and I think FIFO spoke about this before, maybe two weeks ago, but I think he was talking about Arizona, how they have an in-and-out game. But if you're a perimeter-oriented team and that's what you rely on, those three-pointers, at some point during this tournament as you continue to advance, you know, game by game by game, if, if you're not making those shots and that's the only way you score, it, it's a wrap. It, it happens. Mm-hmm. I've seen it happen over and over again. And um and and a team you have to be able to score um, inside and you and you have to have you know good guard play to be able to get the ball inside. So um, those are the two things that I would I would really focus on depending on you know what type of team I have structure. Okay, okay. What about you, V? <laughs> Shit, damn it. One one word. Uh, luck. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, no, 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 seriously. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not not taking away, you know, you know, skill. You gotta have some skill a little bit too, but you gotta kind of have some luck, really, on, on your side. Cause all it takes is 40 minutes. You can be you can be the, the hottest playing team going in, and, and and all it takes is for you to have that one bad 40 minute game. Because you know, mm-hmm. unlike you know the NCAA, unlike the NBA, where you have a you know a seven game series, you know. All it takes is forty minutes for you to have that one bad shooting night, or that or that one bad day when 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 the ball is not going in the hoop for you and you're struggling, you know, defensively, you know, whatever. I mean, take um, Kentucky, John Wall, and that that squad. I mean, I remember going in. I'm like, man, these dudes are like men's playing amongst boys. I, I right, 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 right. Yeah. You know, I knew they was gonna take it, but you know, they had that one terrible ass game against West Virginia. And it was like West Virginia. West Virginia was hitting everything that was going in that game, and, and, yep. and you know that they beat them. They they they, they just flat out beat um, Kentucky. You know Kentucky couldn't they couldn't hit their shots against the zone, and, and and West Virginia was just lighting up every damn thing. And then the next game, West Virginia got their ass pounced. So it's, it's, you know it's just, 
I think luck plays somewhat of a factor. Yeah, you. I, I partially agree with people on the guard play. You got to have good guard play. I don't think having great guard play automatically gets you a, a chance to win the title or to get a chance to play for the title. Because look at St. Joseph when they had David West and uh, Jamel Nelson. That they was considered yep. the best backcourt in the country at the time, and they yep. they didn't do squat. And um, you know, so just it's like, luck. I I just gotta say luck, man. Luck. And then I mean, and then go to Ken's point about you know shooting. Hey, I've seen some teams that relied on shooting and they won the championship. That that Duke squad that had uh, um uh what's his name? Sh- the uh, white boy Shire and and and, and um ah. Oh yeah, yeah. That was like you know the wackest Duke team ever. Yeah, they, they, but you know what? They lived and died about a three point and yep. I was like, man, they were, and I remember I kept saying when, before the term, I was like, man, they gonna get popped early. I was like, man, Duke ain't gonna make the sweet sixteen. And because I was like, they relied too much on their jump shot on the three point shooting. I looked up and I'm like, what? And they played Butler in the championship game and beat Butler. I remember that game. And they, that was a three-point shooting team. So, yeah, but it I, luck, I, and man. like it's you, luck. I kept waiting. I was like, oh, they're, they're yeah. not going to win the tournament. Right, right, they're right, right. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it seems like that. You, you, you tell yourself, okay, it's only a matter of time yeah. these shots going to stop falling. Yeah, yeah. and it, go, it just goes back to my point, man. Look, that's all I got to say, look. Just gotta, it ain't really, really about playing good at the right time because all it takes is that one game. It could be the, it could be the Final Four game. The elite game, elite eight game, or it can be the national championship game. It just takes that one game, man, and you know it all can just go downhill. Yo, B, no doubt, man. I think everybody about. made some great points. I, I think the only thing I yep. add up, I, I definitely got to agree, with FIFA. I think guard play, especially now, because we don't have, you know, we don't have traditional big men like we did when we were coming up, as far as college is concerned. Um, you know, the game has definitely moved to the perimeter. So I think if you got good guard play, you know, it could definitely take you far. Um, you know, when I did my brackets, or did when I when I when I'm doing my brackets, that's what I'm thinking about teams with good guard play and, and guards that are playing well. Like you said, be it also luck. You know, you gotta obviously avoid injury. You gotta avoid foul trouble, um, discipline. Like you said, momentum, um, because that plays a huge part. Um, I want to jump to one more question before we before we transition to another subject. Uh, as far as Wichita State, they. And, and you guys play basketball, so I, I want to – what happens with a team like that – and I'll start with you first, FIFA. What happens with a team like that who has pretty much had their way with everybody? I mean, they haven't blown everybody out, but what happens when they are in a game against a Kentucky or a Kansas and they you look up at the clock and for the first time it's five minutes left and you're down by 12? How do they overcome that? Because I think – just looking at what they've done, what they've done all year, and I, and I try my best not to hate on Wichita State, but I mean they haven't played anybody. Let's keep it real. <laughs> but what happens when you and you you play ball? What happens when you're a team that you haven't seen all year or have, haven't matched up as far as talent wise all year? It's five minutes left. You look up at the clock and you're down twelve. How do you how do you respond? Uh, first and foremost, that, that that's a scary feeling. Um, you know, I've, I've been in big games um, in high school, and um, you know, I've been down. And, and the thing is, um, like like I said, what you need to win the tournament, you need to have trust. You know, especially when you go undefeated, you should have nothing but trust in the coaching staff and your teammates. And you just have to trust that if you play the right way, you listen to coach, you should be able to pull it out. But, you know, at, at the same time, and I guess maybe this is just coming from me because I'm older now, but, you know, you have to have a little bit of reality. Like if you're down 
25 in college basketball with five minutes, you're, you're not coming back. Yeah, yeah, you ain't coming Most, back. <laughs> More, more than likely, you're not going to. This is not the NBA where it's a game of runs back and forth, up and down, get four stops, three scores, you know, double digit lead is now a single digit lead. That, that's not going to happen in college ball like that all the time. But um, I think the main thing, like I said, man, is just trust. You have to trust the coaching staff. You have to trust that coach is telling you the right thing. Um, and then you also have to trust your teammates. But, you know, even, even sometimes, you know, as a player myself, I trusted what coach said, but. I also had to trust myself. Right. You know, and sometimes coach, especially being the point guard, coach would call or he would want to run something. And I'm like, I know that's not going to work. So, you know, like at the end of the day, I'm the player on the court. So I ultimately make the majority of the decisions. But, you know, that, 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 that's, just, that's just a risky proposition. But at the end of the day, if you trust your teammates, you trust your system, you trust your program, that, that that's all you need to really pull out a, t- a, a tough close game like that, you know. So I, I, I'm excited to see what Wichita State does because I'm, I'm with you, Kyle. I don't I don't believe in them. I, I like mm. you know, I, I just I don't believe in them, Be, and, and and that's the main reason why because you haven't lost. You know what I'm saying? It's almost taboo now. So I, I don't me personally as 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 an athlete as a basketball player, unless we had at least one NBA guy. Or one super like yo, you can't stop this guy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know if I would want to be in that position that Wichita State is in. You know, it's fun though because if they do pull it out, man, man, do you, do you understand the type of goofy? Man, you know what? Let me, let me be fun. <laughs> oh man, no doubt, no doubt. Much groupy love. <laughs> the phone number to call mm-hmm. in. Six four six four seven eight zero three five six. You're listening to the hottest sports show on the internet, Dead End Sports. I'm your host, Twelve Kyle, with my boys, FIFO, Ken, and B. You know I'm from Dead End Hip Hop. What's up, man? Four six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Um, last question on the NCA, man. All right, man. Final four. Ken, who you got? Oh, uh, you know what, Kyle? I don't know, man. You picked your final four yet? No, I haven't. Uh, I've actually been, you know, I'm just, I don't know whether or not I wanted to fill one out, man. You, you kind of caught me with this one. Uh, <laughs> hey, well, you know, uh, if yeah, you don't but, have, if you don't have it, that's fine. We we still got some time. We'll tweet it out. And I was debating whether or not even whether or not I wanted to post this question because I've been thinking about trying to do. If I had time, I was going to try to put together one and invite our followers to email and and everybody kind of compete against each other. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have time to do it. It sounded good when I was talking about it a week ago, but <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to have time to do it. But um, is, anybody else got their Final Four already? Yeah. I, okay, I who you got, B? I got um, Arizona, Louisville, Michigan State, and um, and surprisingly, Ohio State. Wow! You you got the Buckeyes going to Final Four? Yeah, I got Buckeyes going, man. I got I got the Buckeyes in there. I got but yeah, Buckeyes, Spartans, Arizona, and Louisville. Yo, I like this Arizona. nigga B said B said I'm trying to win that billion dollars, nigga. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to win that I'm trying to win that billion, man. I'm trying to get okay, that billion. Okay, B, man. so I'm I'm gonna put you on the spot. I, who who you got winning the winning it all, man? Who you got cutting down the nets? Oh shit. I got um I got Spartans cutting down the net. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, cause they, cause, man, man, they 
Did you, did you, did you, no, no, it's, re, it's really not. Cause I, you know, B, I'm, I'm, hold on, I'm messing with you. I, I got the Spartans, too. <laughs> did you? In fact, my because final I, four is just like yours, except I got Florida playing against Michigan State, and I got Arizona playing against Louisville, and I got Louisville and Michigan State in the final four of Michigan, I mean, the, the, the championship game, and I got Michigan State winning it all. I think something's going to happen with Florida, man. Something, something, uh, I got a feeling, like, Probably like that elite eight game, man. Florida just going. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think Florida gonna make it. I don't think they're gonna get be. in there for some reason. I don't know. It's a feeling I got. I'm like, I don't know if Florida gonna be in that final four. They gonna they gonna get upset somewhere. I'm sipping the juice, game. man. I'm sipping the juice, and it it pains me to <laughs> to, to pick Florida, but uh, but yeah, they they, they got a squad, man. I'm, I'm sipping the juice. I'm buying in. Um, C4, you mentioned the, uh, and I heard this question posed on um on. Mike and Mike, I'll throw this out to you guys. Uh, Warren Buffett, he's got a billion-dollar challenge uh, to anybody that picks a perfect bracket. Okay, so here's the scenario. Let's say you've got, let's say you got it all picked out up until the final four. You got the final four picked out. Warren Buffett comes to you, Cam. Hey, Cam, I'm offering you a buyout, ten million dollars. Are you going to take the ten mil or roll the dice on the on the one billion? I'm taking this. <laughs> <laughs> really? No way. This, this is really uh, easy answer for me. I'm, I'm taking the 10 mil. Yeah, um, yeah I'm going to take the 10 mil because I'm, I'm pretty smart with money and I can flip it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking the 10 mil. I'm, yeah, I'm taking the 10 mil because it's guaranteed. Like, you, you yeah, really exactly. tell me. Like, like, a like billion dollars is a lot of fucking money, but that, but I only have a 25% chance of that. I have a hundred percent chance at ten million. Yeah, ten million. Exactly. Yeah, that's a life changer. So fuck that. I'm taking that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised at how many people had called in and said they they roll the dice and go for the. I'm like, nah, man. Give me the. Oh, no. I, I feel like you you you're very lucky and fortunate and blessed to make it that far because it's damn near impossible to happen. Mm-hmm. So you know, it says, nah, give me the ten million. Man, I know, and Warren Buffett good for it too. You know, I mean, he, he got a hundred billion in the bank, so he he's getting like the check on bounce. Nah, mm-hmm. give me the 10 mil. We'll walk hey. off the court, and I'll keep it like that. <laughs> the phone number to call hey, in, yep. 646-478-0356. Uh, man, I, I forgot to send you guys this topic. I want to jump on real quick, man. Um, Jim Ursay, owner of the Colts, uh, was arrested for DUI, and he was carrying pills, prescription pills. Um, now, if you're not familiar with Jim Irsay, Jim Irsay is one of the most outspoken owners in the NFL. I mean, he is he is the guy who showed Peyton Manning the door in Indianapolis. He's also the guy that drafted Andrew Luck. Um, he's very active on Twitter. I mean, he tweets with his fans, tweets with his followers and stuff like that. And he's, you know, you'll see him at home games and stuff, in the stands, talking with people. Uh, he's, he's the life of the party. He's not your t- typical, traditional NFL owner. He's a maverick, if you will. Uh, but the other night, man, he got popped for DUI and pills, man. Um, so the question I have, and you know Roger Goodell comes down pretty hard on players when they get knocked for, uh, you know, criminal uh, offenses. Yeah, He's facing four yeah, felony yeah. charges. Uh, anybody want to weigh in on what yeah. they think the suspension should be or what, excuse me, what the penalty uh, should be? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't think it's really going to be that much of a penalty because, I mean, that's Roger Goodell's boss. The owners pay to pay the uh, commissioner. The commission. That's true. So I don't think well, I don't really think it's going. 
I don't think it's gonna be that much. I don't think it's gonna be the same severe of a punishment as a player would get because, hey, right, Roger Goodell, that's your boss, brother. I mean, how are you gonna punish your boss? Man, look, but 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 he's only a part of the boss. He's not the boss. You know what I'm saying? And then the he's other still, thing, still too, pay a portion of his salary, though. Of course, he only pays one thirty second of it, though. You know what I'm saying? Man. So at the end of the day, you are part of this league, and you guys hired me to ensure that the integrity of this league is not tarnished. And because you are not a player, and I cannot suspend you for games, I think that the you're appropriate thing is you're yeah, gonna find them. because because gonna what you gonna do? What, what you gonna do? You gonna suspend them? Okay, yeah, exactly. So you gotta right. find them, and it has to be like the biggest fine ever. Because because it's you talk about not. like it's not. It has to be. It, know, and it, this it is the reason why. Yeah, but it's not though. I agree with you, people. No, I think. I think it's going to be one of the Go biggest ahead, fines ever. I think it's going to be one of the biggest fines ever, mainly because, first of all, look, and this has nothing to do with the NFL or the reasoning, but all but my reasoning. Man, the man's a billionaire, first and foremost. So yeah. whatever fine you give him, that shit is nothing. That's just peanuts for him. Bucket. But because you cannot suspend him, you can't. Like, what are you, like, you going to do? You know, the worst, I'll put it to you like this. You know what's worse than a fine? It's taking away draft picks. Mm-hmm. So I, I think a big fine and maybe one or two draft picks, hey, don't do that shit no more. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So, with, so would you put this on the same level as the New Orleans Saints penalty when they was busted for, um, for you know, for the – what's that shit they yeah, did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bounty on people's heads. You know, like, okay. So would you put that on the same level because they got, they got draft picks taken away from them? I don't. I well, mean, I won't put this on the same the level as the Saints. I, I, I wouldn't because you know. Well, here's the thing. I, I, I think both of them are as egregious, but the difference is, is that one was a team thing and one is just mm-hmm. an owner thing. So it's one person. So it didn't affect the culture, the locker room, anything like that. This was a mistake by somebody who happens to own an NFL franchise. And because of that, you have to pay the price. Now, what that price is, obviously, you're not going to get suspended for any games. But I do think that you should be, that pick should be taking away at least one, and with the biggest fine ever. You know what I'm saying? Because you are supposed to set the example. You know what I'm saying? Like the higher up you get, the mm-hmm. less dirty work you do, but the more of an example you're supposed to set, the higher up you go. So that is unacceptable. You know, if it's unacceptable for a player to do that, it is even more unacceptable for a, a the owner to, 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 to be caught That's and true. involved with that. You see what I'm saying? So, so, I agree. So, I agree. You know, I, I, just don't think, I, I don't think it's going to happen, though. I just don't think, I don't think it will. I, I just don't think it will happen. I agree exactly with everything you said, people. I completely agree that that should be the punishment. But is it going to happen? I doubt it if it happens. I wouldn't be surprised if it does. But, I mean, I'll be like, yes, he deserves it, but... At the same time, he ain't gonna get that. He ain't gonna get that harsh punishment. He ain't gonna get that. Well, what, gonna what, what do you think ultimately you happens, B? I think he gonna he gonna get probably like a little uh, tap on the wrist. 300, yeah, three hundred thousand dollar fine or something like that or whatever, and they keep him moving. That's it. What about you, Ken? What What do you think the punishment may be uh, for Jim Irsay? Not a damn thing. Thank <laughs> you. Um, <laughs> I, how can you penalize an owner? And 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 that's really kind of what I know, what I want to know, because I keep hearing that. And what can Goodell do here? And what 
could Cadell do there? I mean, if anything, if there's a board that he reports to for the Colts, I think they could probably uh, issue some type of uh, penalty for that. Um, but I, I, don't, I just don't know how you can penalize an owner for off-the-field antics. It's not like he's a player, so he doesn't have to abide by the player uh, rule of conduct. If, if I'm wrong, somebody please correct me, but I'm just looking at as as a guy that owns the franchise. I, I'm like this. If you come to me, and I, if, if this was me, and you come to me and be like, hey, man, you know, uh, you know, we gotta we gotta do something. I'm like, man, if you don't get your ass out of my office, talk to me, you, know you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, like B said, you know, I, you know, we we hired you to do a job, and you police them. You don't need to be policing me. You know what I'm saying? So, I I, I don't know how they could penalize him and for what. The only way I could see them doing it is if this is something that they all agreed upon. And um, as something that they want to do to maintain some type of goodwill among the public people, because it has become this big public spectacle, you know, uh, over the last couple of days. But I mean, that's that's that man, man. It, it, you know, it, it'll go away. That man got money, man. Money yeah. buys everything. You know, long so. money. I I would like to see, man. And I'm I'm kind of like indifferent. I, I think draft picks would hurt him the most. But this wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a team event that he, you know, this was something personal that he did. So I don't know if you necessarily want to penalize the team for it. That being said, he's the biggest figure on the, I mean, he owns the team. He has to set the example. Um, and, And coupled with the fact that not only is he's Goodell's boss, you know, directly or indirectly, uh, you know, he's one of those owners that's really, really in with him. You know, Jerry Jones and, and those guys, they're really, really in with, with uh, Goodell. So this is his boy. I don't really know that he's going to lean on him like that. But, I mean, if you hit Ursay with a $500,000 fine, you know, I mean, that's that's a five hundred. That's nothing to him. You know what I mean? I mean, uh-huh. you got to remember, these owners are billionaires. They're not, you know, they, and, and most of them have made their money Outside of the NFL, so you know it's it's not like I mean the NFL is their toy. This is their baby, and it's something that they'll pass down from the from the the kids and grandkids and so forth and so on. Um, It's gonna be interesting, man. It's gonna be interesting because if a player had gotten caught up like this, and I mean he clear if you saw if you saw his mugshot, he was he looked like he was high when they took his mugshot. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I think that that's kind of I think that's really kind of, I don't want to say a bigger issue, but I think, you know, it kind of goes to, to a little bit to what FIFA was saying and what you're saying also, Kyle, is that they do set the example. And so, you know, as the NFL, as the NFL collectively, not Goodell, Goodell will be a figurehead in this particular instance, but as a as an NFL organization, you know, $500,000, like you said, is nothing. Let's just do it for show. You know what I'm saying? A little PR to make it look like that, you know, we take all of the actions of everyone involved within this organization serious, whether you are a player, a coach, a owner, or a GM. So, you know, I could see them taking some type of, some type of, you know, action just for public show. Because like you said, if a player goes out and commits the same offense, you know, then he would get the hammer dropped on him. But because he's the owner and has all this money and he owns the team, all of a sudden he's exempt from that, you know, so, you know, I don't know how that will look, you know, to the rest of the, the viewing public. 
about that. But uh, you know, again, it's the United States, man. And, you know, capitalism. Yeah, it looks very <laughs> hypocritical. Runs everything very around here, you know. Phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Right now, we got a caller on the line. Let's not keep him waiting. Caller calling in from eight zero four. Calling you on the air. Which name? Where you calling from? Yo, what up? Excuse. What up? What up? Yeah, I got two questions for y'all this week. Maybe What's going on, Kira? Talking about it more. All right, so first question. <laughs> uh, kind of like last week, I had a little bit of a deeper question than what y'all usually talk about. Uh, I was okay. reading this article on Bleach Report, and um, they basically posed the question, in 2014, or not in 2014, in this decade, has the athlete become too greedy? And basically... What the undertone of the our article is saying is that it's free agency not only ruining sports but enhancing it and making it to the point where people can't even buy jerseys of their favorite players anymore because they might be gone within the next two years. And to y'all is, has the athlete become too greedy or has the athlete always been greedy? Mm, good oh, question. man, that's, that, that's easy. That's easy. Humans are greedy. Yeah. You know, it, it, it wasn't the player that created the economic environment of the NBA or any other professional sport, you know. So uh, if you tell me you're going to pay me handsomely because I can run, jump, have a, a, an attribute of making a shot, throwing a ball, catching, hitting, whatever, man, it, 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 it's not up to the person or the player or the athlete, you know what I'm saying? So, no, I don't I don't think that they've become too greedy. And I agree with uh, what you said where it has enhanced it and it kind of made it worse. But, you know, but at the end of the day, that's life, though, because, not, like, you can't have anything in abundance, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think that, especially in basketball, in professional basketball, not having the the collective bargaining agreement the way it is now was a detriment because big market teams could load up on all the talent and there was mm-hmm. nothing that a little market team could do. So I think that the CBA has definitely um, made that where now you have to spread the talent out a little bit more because everybody has money now. You know what I'm saying? James Dolan owns the broadcasting. Plus he owns the mix. Plus he owns, you know what I'm saying? So, so the, everybody has money, you know? So, it's no longer about the money. Now it's about spreading the the talent around because there's only but so many professional athletes, you know, that can compete night in, night out at that type of level. So um, I, I, I think it is a gift and a curse. But, you know, just like everything in life, man, it doesn't come without its lumps. And there's there's never going to be a perfect system. That, that that just doesn't that, – that's, that's never going to happen ever. I don't know if we can necessarily blame the the players for this. I think, you know, this is what the market said and established. And let, mm-hmm. let's just be real. I, I think there's two things. They don't have to pay these guys, but somebody will. So right. now all of a sudden you're placed in a position where, you know, you have to compete. And the way you can compete is with money. And if I'm a player and you're willing to give me that much money, of course I'm going to go ahead and go for, you know, I'm, I'm just going to shoot shoot for as much as I can get, and it's up to you to negotiate what you're willing to pay me, and it's up for me to decide whether or not I want to accept that offer. So mm-hmm. I think what we're looking at and what we're, what we're encountering is no different than what happens on a, on a day-to-day basis when people actually go get jobs. There are negotiations that play, place, right. you know, with CEOs and, and project managers and all kind of people when they go to, when they go, when they accept job offers, you know, 
I'll, you're going to offer me X. If you don't want to pay me that, can you give me some incentives, incentives or some bonuses? But I think mm-hmm. what what's happening is that we don't see that every day. It's not public, but we see the NFL every day because it's news and it's media, so we get a chance to witness it. But it happens all the time. It's just it's just a part of the economic system that the NFL and the NBA and and Major League Baseball has established because. You know, all of the money that they play, there's supposed to be a return on that investment that comes back to them in some form or fashion. So I, I, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't call them greedy, man. I, you know, I think at, at this particular stage, we've seen how professional teams have treated athletes when they are of no more value to them. So, yeah. so, so yeah, they, they're quick to turn on them, but people forget about that. So now all of a sudden when you have an athlete that's getting their money or getting paid for what they do and what they do well, it's a problem because we're looking at the size of it. But as soon as they're not mm-hmm. performing and they're cut or they get hurt, you know, nobody's crying about them at that moment in time. So, nah, and, man. And you know, and you know what, Ken, one more thing, too, to add to that is that, you know, a lot of people don't understand money and they don't understand inflation because when you look at the prices of these players' contracts, and even what these franchises are valued at, you know, like it, it kind of like, come on, man, like only like 10 years ago, even five years ago, there weren't these many billion-dollar franchises. Right. A lot of that monetary value has to do with the inflation that, you know, that, that that's rampant in this country. So, you know, like that, that $100 million, you know, back in the 40s, you know, like, dude, like it, it was like half that. All you needed was like 20, like, Twenty million is worth back then what a hundred million is now, you know. So you know, I, I think a lot of those, um, a lot of those contract values, man, them, them, shit, that that just that just shows inflation. <laughs> yeah, I, I think just to piggyback on what Ken and FIFO said, I think what happened over a period of time, Q, is that players they kind of smartened up and they realized, okay. You know, and then understand sports is a multi-billion dollar industry. You know, we talked earlier about the NCAA tournament. That's a a $10 billion industry, and unfortunately the participants in it won't see a dime. I mean, we talked about the the Warren Buffett challenge. You know, we win that billion. I mean, those kids not getting – I'm not sharing my money with them. You know, I can't. They they can't accept money. You know, they're amateurs. Uh, That being said, I think what happens is is that over a period of time, players understood their value – and they said, well, no, you're not going to pay me this amount. I want this amount. So I don't think players have gotten greedy. I think they've kind of smartened up. And, you know, it's gotten progressively better financially for each generation. You know, to play, you look at the NFL, the prime example, the players that played in the 70s and 80s, they were compensated, not as well as the guys that played it now because obviously times have changed, money has changed. You know, but it also comes at a risk. We don't see, you know, yeah, we might see a guy sitting on the bench icing his knees up, but he, he he's probably going to have chronic knee problems for the rest of his life. Um, you know, guys like LeBron and Kevin Durant and stuff, when they're old and gray, you know, and they don't necessarily have to be old and gray. They can be 40, 50 years old, you know, and have problems with their bodies just from playing basketball. But that's part, you know, that's part for the course. They signed up for it. So they said basically, hey, if I'm going to play this game and, like FIFO said, get on a plane and, and fly to this city and play three games in a week or play four games and two back-to-backs, uh, you know, that type of thing, you're going to have to pay me this amount of money. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't it's, it's hard to call somebody overpaid, you know, if somebody's willing to pay. You know, I, I, if somebody told me that they would pay me $500,000 to do the job that I do, I'd take it. 
is it worth five hundred? No, it ain't worth five. But you know, if I can negotiate that, that's perfect for me. So you know, mm-hmm. it, it all it all depends. I think, like I said, players have kind of smartened up um, as far as what they what their what their actual worth is. Um, did you want to jump in and add something to it, B? Oh no, they the Cannon people took it. Okay, here's what your second question, Q. Second question is uh, I don't know if y'all following free agency this uh, this past week. But uh, do you all have any losers and winners of free agency? Um, for me, man, the biggest losers are the Raiders. <laughs> you think so? I mean, well, here's the thing, man. The Raiders had like sixty million dollars under the cap, and you know, I think they, I know they signed James Jones. If I'm not mistaken, they signed Eric Decker as well. But they don't have a quarterback. You know, are, or are you going to go get Vic? Or are you going to go get uh, the kid behind Brady up in New England? Yeah, you know, I, so, I think so I think they had plans for it, but it's just it, it hasn't really panned out the way that they expected it to. Kyle said, "The hell with Terrell Pryor." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not a. I mean, come on, man, Terrell Pryor, come on, man, come on, son. <laughs> but um, but I, I would say I, I would say right now, um, the Raiders and psh, the team we're gonna talk about a little later, man, Carolina. I don't know what the hell's going oh, on man. there. Oh, the Jets. What about the Jets? Mm-hmm. The Jets didn't do anything besides get Decker. Decker, I think. Yeah. That's it, basically. But, you know, Geno Smith, is Geno Smith going to make Decker better? Or is Decker going to make Geno Smith into a better nope. receiver? Yeah, Granted, sorry, yeah, we don't even know what Geno Smith New York. I'm sorry, not, not Oakland. What do you yeah, think? So, you know, it's, but as far as winners, I think, you know, uh, Denver and – People have been really impressed with what Denver and uh, and um, New England have done. Obviously, um, you know, quiet is kept. Jacksonville has made some keen moves to shore up their uh, team. I don't know how good Jacksonville's going to be, but <laughs> but um, I think you know, on the low, they've made. Some, but and everybody's not a player in free agency because of cap rule, um, cap rules and everything like that. You look at teams like Dallas. You know, they were they were sh- scrapping just to get up under the cap. So you know, signing a cat like. Brandon Whedon from Cleveland, you know, is a is a bargain. A guy who's been a starter in the league, who who's, who's a serviceable serviceable backup to uh, Tony Romo. Mm-hmm. Who do you, you think? Got anything uh, else for like you? Well, basically, um, to add on to what you said about uh, Geno and Decker, basically, was the fact that. Geno might not even be starting this year for all we know because the Jets organization is such a mystery most of the time, such a wild card that who even knows, maybe in May we'll see like Michael Vick get signed and he outbeats right. him and then Geno starts in the middle of the season and Vick gets hurt, which most likely will happen, you know, stuff like that. And basically what I think needs to happen for certain teams like Oakland Certain things like Jacksonville and whatnot, they just need to smarten up and just. And this is a really like sad thing to say because these organizations have fallen so far. Pay attention to what ESPN is saying because <laughs> when Jacksonville and Oakland trust their gut, they pass up on people like Calvin Johnson and then take people like the quarterback that no one even knows his name anymore, Jamarcus Russell, or right. they pass up on RG three and they take Blaine Gabbert. You know, it's just like, nah, man, you don't you don't do stuff like that as an organization. The Raiders, there's a statistic that the Raiders have passed up on, I believe they passed up on Calvin Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, wow. 
um, Alden Smith, all these different people for players that we don't even know. Like, they passed up on, you know, just a bunch of good players because they think that they know something that the league doesn't, which is not true most of the time. The only people who I've seen who have put the league on their ass, basically, has been Seattle, and that's because they have really good scouting um, excuse me, scouting talent. So just for teams 49ers like those, too. Yeah, 49ers have really good scouting talent. So it's just like when you see these type of teams struggling year after year, you're just like, man, when are they going to finally just smarten up and just draft the number one pick? Like get Teddy Bridgewater. Don't go after some potential third rounder that shouldn't have went the first round. Don't do that. Just get – don't gamble on Blake Bortles. Just get yourself a Johnny Manziel or get yourself a Sammy Watkins. There's no reason to do all that. Right. And uh, I want to I springboard that into um, my third question, my last question, and got to go. Um, true or false? Teddy Bridgewater in five years can be the best quarterback in the league. Hell no. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> People have my reaction. Yeah. That's, that, that's, 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 that's false. That's false. Yeah. You know what? Go ahead. Mainly because Andrew Luck, like Andrew Luck in the next five years, he's the he's the next guy. Because obviously I think Peyton's probably probably going to be gone. I think that's a safe bet. Tom Brady yeah. is on his last He's probably going to be gone in the next five years, yeah. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers might still be around. Well, yeah, he should still be around. Yeah, and then um, who, who's after that? That's Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck going to be in his prime in the next five. No, nah, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> well, the reason why I was asking that is, uh, once again, mm-hmm. I was you know, looking at a bunch of articles on uh, Teddy Bridgewater. They said that he had a pretty mediocre uh, pro day. Yeah. Which is, you know, that don't mean yeah, yeah to what uh, a lot of people said, you know, Tom Brady had a mediocre pro day. You know, it's just like, and, you know, right. I guess that's the exactly. extreme of looking at a pro day. But then again, exactly. we don't know exactly. where Teddy Bridgewater could land it. Like, he could go to Houston and have two weapons already in DeAndre Hopkins and Andre Johnson and please just shut down the league. You know, it all depends on where he goes. Or he can go to Jacksonville and just throw to a drunk. And um, <laughs> you know, throw to a drug and right. a few, you know, six rounders. You know, it's just a matter of where they go. And um, you know, you know what? I'm gonna go with one more question because I was having a conversation with my buddy Ryan yesterday, and we were saying that would you be up for the NFL adopting the system that the NBA has of the lottery? Uh, I think I think the I think the NFL because what happens is the NFL their teams you know if you're the last place team like the Raiders then you pick first or or whomever or Houston or whomever yeah you you pick first you know there's no putting uh, you know a bunch of balls in a in a wheel and spinning yeah. them around um, you know and, and obviously you know it's always been long standing rumor that. You know that the that the draft lottery, which came about in '85, which also happened to be the first year that that uh, Patrick Ewing was uh, the number one draft pick who happened to land in New York. Um, you know, the, the rumor always was was that the balls never came up for New York, and that there was a frozen envelope somewhere. I mean, there's always kind of rumors and specul- speculation yeah. in the window. But um, now I, I like the way the NFL does it. You know, just line the teams yeah. up, worst to first, and do it like that. Uh, you know, problem is, I think. You know, you have teams tanking in the NBA, so 
that's probably why they do that. Teams don't. T- I mean, by the end of the season, nah. man, you getting beat up by the, by Thanksgiving. You know, if you're Jacksonville or if you're Oakland, you just suck. You just suck. You know, so guys are thinking about Cancun. They are. They're trying not to get hurt. They're packing it in. They're making vacation plans. They already got the last game scheduled on. I mean, circled on the calendar, and they're ready to go home. So, you know, basketball's yeah. a little bit different. But you know what, Kyle? I disagree with you in, in the sense that um, uh, the, the the main reason why I, I agree with you in this that it should stay the same in the NFL. But okay. I disagree why the NBA has a, a draft lottery, and it's mainly because um, you know in the NFL. You have a 53-man roster. That is a lot of accumulation of talent. In the NBA, two talented guys changes your whole franchise. Yeah, true. Two talented for, guys. For better or for worse. <laughs> you know, like, 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 you could give me Peyton Manning and then the best defensive player, and our team will suck if I don't have anything else. You see what I'm saying? Where in basketball, you give me LeBron and give me anybody that made the all-star team, and we are going to be a top three team in regardless of the conference. That's true. That, and, and, and that's the difference because one guy can truly change your whole franchise. And in the NFL, it's kind of like one guy can change it, but one guy will start the, the evolution of the total change of a franchise. But like LeBron, as soon as he was drafted to Cleveland, Mm-hmm. Well, not as, he didn't year one take them to 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 the pinnacle, but by year five six, man, his man had these scrub ass niggas in the finals, man. Yeah, Eric Snow. <laughs> yeah, went to the Donnell finals with Eric Snow in the backcourt. Mo Williams, Ruby <laughs> Gibson. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, exactly, so, yeah, exactly. That's different. All right, Q man. Well, as always, man. Thanks for calling in, man. We appreciate appreciate the call and definitely appreciate the questions, bro. Yeah, I know, man. All right, all right, man. We'll holler at you next week. You have a good one, man. All right, peace. You too. All right, you peace. too, man. Phone number Q call six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Right now, we got a caller calling in from Skype. Let's see, calling you on the air. Which name? Where are you calling from? What up, Dead in Sports? This is Naj, man. Naj, what's going on, brother? Oh, ain't nothing, man. Enjoying the conversation, man. There's so many points to hit on. I'm, I'm glad he cleaned up that last draft part, though, because the talent disparity <laughs> is the reason. That two mm-hmm. rounds to seven rounds all day, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Way too much yeah. talent in the NFL uh, draft compared to the NBA. But uh, going back to what the gentleman said about that article, man, uh, that that is what we call a troll article where a guy writes something that he knows is red meat to, you know, the average fan out there who has mm-hmm. this kind of anger and bitterness about an athlete's life because his life is not where he wants it to be. Right. Uh, we really need to change that that whole philosophy in society, man. That, that's got to go, man. That's sucker stuff, man, like being bitter about somebody else's life. Get your thing together. Create a new app or something, man. Figure out something for your own life where you can flourish out here in these streets, man. Don't, don't be mad about somebody signing a contract. That kid worked hard to get as good as he did to make that contract. You know what I mean? That's that's what sports are about. You, you're changing your whole uh, life by uh, your, your talent. And uh, I guess getting into some of the other stuff, uh, I'm a fan of the Raiders offseason this year. They brought that new GM really? in from Green Bay a few years ago. Yeah, uh, well, I, I think he took a patient approach. He said, okay, we're going to sit back. We're going to kind of sign some value guys for the low. They brought back McFadden, and they gave him a $100,000 bonus, man. So, you know what I mean? It is what it is with him. If he gets hurt again, 
You know what I mean? They're, they're not losing anything, right? They made right. a glass anyway. Right. Oh, he probably will get hurt. But either way, <laughs> I think the Raiders finally did a good job, though, man, because they, they still got a lot of cap room. They can wait yeah, they to the end of free agency. Room. Yeah, and see if somebody else is still sticking around. Do you think players want to go to Oakland? No, nah, I mean, like, I, I remember, and, and I'm I'm slightly older than B and FIFO. Uh, Ken's older than me, I think. Um, <laughs> but uh, nice, I'm older than Ken. But um, I remember, man. I remember the. I remember the the, the late seventies, early eighties, man. The Raiders, they had squads, man. I mean, they won the Super Bowl in 1980 against the Philadelphia Eagles. I remember that they played in the Super Bowl again against the Redskins. I mean, like they had squads. Like everybody wanted to play for the silver and black. I mean that. Must, of course, they went to the Super Bowl again. Um, you know, when Rich Gannon was a quarterback or what have you, uh, back in uh, I want to say late '90s. But I mean, the mystique is gone. You know, it's just it looks like guys are just going there to get paid. Do you think that they are? You know, do you think that they're serious about winning? Yeah, yeah. I think the new GM is serious about winning. I think everybody kind of takes some of the mistakes that Al made late in his life, and they kind of just attribute that to the Raiders. Uh, that new GM is. I mean, he's running a whole different program. He got that yeah, man up out of there for uh, trading those picks for Carson Palmer, man. So he he is not about none of that silly stuff, man. He try, he's trying to change things. And I think given time, we will see something different in Oakland. And as far as free agents, they will get their share because in football, we saw last year John Abraham and uh, the – I can't think of his name, but the defensive end from Syracuse from the Colts, he signed late. Um, you can uh, get Freeney, talented Dwight guys. Yeah, Dwight Freeney signed late. You can get talent in the NFL late in free agency because, you know, the deals just aren't there like they used to be. And, you know, the veterans are kind of signing for peanuts. So who knows what the Raiders will get uh, late in this free agency. Uh, as far as the Jets, I agree 100. That is a bad franchise. You got Geno Smith out there with no weapons. You bring in Eric Decker. Yeah. I, I don't know how that solves anything. So I I don't think you will know if Geno Smith is a legit quarterback or not because uh-huh. he hasn't had the weaponry. And right, I, I just—that's the biggest but, part of being a quarterback to me. Mm-hmm. Give me but the tools, what, and then let me show if I can flourish or not. But if you don't give me the tools, hell, you know what I mean. But, but you know what? But Geno had some some moments last year where when you I know when I watched him, I was like, oh okay, you have an NFL arm, you have NFL speed. Obviously, you know, reading and breaking down defenses, man, rookies are rookies. I don't care how great you are. But you're you're 100% right. And Eric Decker is more of a complimentary piece than your main piece. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, if you had Eric Decker and Deshaun Jackson, okay, you probably working with something. But you have Eric Decker and you have Eric Decker. Yeah, that's, that's not. <laughs> and, and on top of all that, you ain't even got a running game. You, Maurice Jones drew out there. He ain't hitting him up. Like, look, man, I, I, I don't know. Chris Johnson's on the trading block. Yeah. You yeah. hit him up. You could have got Darren Sproles. You didn't hit him up. Like, yo, yo, what Like, what are you doing? Ground and pound? <laughs> right. Yeah. So you you bring Rex back, but you're not giving him anything so where he can really do something. So. And he don't got no defense. He ain't got no Revis. All he got is Milliner, lost Cromart. Yo, I Well, he got that D-line, got, though. That, yeah, that young yeah, D-line. He got a hell of a D-line. Yeah, yeah. But at some point but in time, somebody, in, in, in today's NFL, you got to put up points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you got a defense like Seattle, which outside of San Francisco, only two teams have defenses like that. You got to put up points. Yeah. Hey, 
Oh, the, pa- the Patriots and the Broncos ain't too look. They're they're not Seattle and San Fran by no means in terms of everything that their defenses can do. But yo, the Patriots have solidified, and the Broncos have solidified. We talking Brandon Browner and Darrell mm-hmm. Revis. That's major. Hey man, hey, that's a problem. That's a problem. That that is a problem. But we got to ask ourselves: Is Peyton gonna be Peyton of last year? Now that. Everybody is, I mean, completely sure that if they can just get a little bit of rush, get him off that spot, hit him a little bit, things change. It's but you Peyton, know what, Peyton? though? Here, here's the thing. Like, what was interesting to me about Peyton Manning watching here, especially in the Super Bowl, it, yes, they did get pressure. Yes, they got up in his face. But I, I think that the thing that really jumped out, of, jumped out at me was the fact that how physical that defense was all around. Because they didn't bring pressure. They sat back and played cover three. Sometimes they played man. But they, they weren't out here trying to disguise Peyton Manning. It was like, yeah. you know what? We'll give you this five-yard pass, and we're going to knock you the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Every single time, we're going to come out here and play football because that's what football is. Football is to hit you as hard as possible so you don't want to catch that ball no more. Back. And to me, that that's what happened to the Broncos. I felt like they got punked. Yes, of course, you know, yeah, that they got in Peyton's grill. But, I, and, and I said this after the Super Bowl, I feel like the Marius Thomas in that situation needed to be a leader. And when mm-hmm. uh, Cam Chancellor hit him, he would have got up and said, bring that shit again because I'm going to be right. right back. And that would have, I'm not saying that that would have changed the hey, whole outcome man, of the man, game. His mind was telling him to do that. His body said no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. But, yeah, I I, I think that's the way, though, that idea of disguising and all trying to trick somebody. It seems like you end up causing your defense to miss more assignments than they would normally. So it's like you're better off lining up and just playing football. But but you know what though? But how many how many organizations? And I and I'm not sure. I, I think B said it, or uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. But how many organizations truly have a yeah. scouting uh, uh, department that can really identify all of this talent, and then you put them out there, and you also you know get the best out of them. And and I and I think that a lot of owners in professional sports need to really look at the model of hire your sports guys and get the fuck out the way and just find these checks. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at Seattle, um, the owner, uh, he's Microsoft guy, I can't remember. Paul he Allen. Also owns the, yeah, Paul yeah. Allen. He also owns the Blazers. What he did was he hired um, Pete Carroll first, and he let Pete Carroll pick the GM. So now you know they're in cahoots. They're on the same page. And that's mm-hmm. the thing, regardless of the sport, if you get the GM and the head coach on the same page, man, you're more than likely going to have a good team. More than likely. Unlike Dallas. <laughs> you're right. Man, oh, man. And another, oh, another man. Th- oh, go, uh, I was going to say, no, no, another no, no, thing ahead. that's missed with uh, Pete Carroll is we forget about college coaches just getting off the recruiting circuit. They mm-hmm. know this this last few class of players like the NFL guys don't because they actually were in the living exactly. room when these kids were teenagers. So that's an unnatural right. yeah. advantage. I mean, it's going to go away in a few years, but this last couple of years, Pete, I mean, he really took advantage of that, of knowing these classes and knowing these guys, and he got some late-round yeah. guys who can play. Yep, yep, yep. Because cause think about when he passed up on um, his safety from uh, USC, Ooh. Taylor Mays. Yep. Yeah, Taylor Jamie, Mays was Taylor Mays. And May, yeah, and Mays was a major prospect coming out of USC. You know what I'm saying? Is he even in the league anymore? 
Uh, he just, he's funny mentions, he just re-upped with Cincinnati. But he he, oh, okay. he hasn't made the impact that they thought he would. Yeah, but Pete looked at that and said, "No, I'm getting uh, I'm getting this boy over here, Earl Benny. Thomas. He's the truth." Oh, Tom. Mm-hmm. 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 So you know that's, that 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 says something when your college coach don't take you. But you know, but at, but but you know, at the end of the day, what's his name? Um, Harbaugh didn't take uh, Sherman either. You know, so it is what it is. Yeah, and but he could have predicted Sherman would be that. Yeah, exactly. Though, you know what I mean? Right. Coming yeah, out. Yeah, I don't know. Man, either way, you got man, anything else for tonight, Dodge? No, I ain't got nothing else, man. Thank y'all for letting me on. I'm gonna hang up and listen, man. All right, yeah, man. Thanks for calling you. in, as always, man. We appreciate it. All right. Phone number Naj calls six four six four seven eight zero three five six. You're listening live to Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. I'm your host, Twelve Kyle, joined with my partners, FIFO and Ken. You know the fellas from Dead End Hip Hop. Hit us up six four six four seven eight. Zero three five six. Um, let's jump to some NBA real quick, man. Um, the Spurs, man. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, eleven straight. Nobody's talking about them. Best record in the, in the NBA. <laughs> Why aren't people talking about the Spurs? And do you think they can make the finals again? <laughs> Ken. Ken. <laughs> Ken. Uh, Ken. Go to sleep. <laughs> No. Well, okay. okay. Let me let, let me back up. Do I think they can make the finals again? Yes. Do I think they will make the finals again? No. I don't okay. think they will. I think that at some point things between Oak Westbrook and Kevin Durant will click. No, Kevin Durant is just I, what a hell of a year this this guy's having. I mean, he, he's torching everybody. He torched the Spurs, um, of course, obviously because of what he just did to Chicago and other elite defensive teams. The boy can just score at will. And Westbrook versus Tony Parker, like, what a hell of a matchup that would be, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, and, and we all know that Westbrook is a little bit way more explosive and, and athletic than Tony Parker. He could cook him and get him in trouble. So right. I, I think that I really like OKC. Simply because of Durant to come out of the West because that boy is playing like I haven't seen Durant play since he's been in the league. He plays mad every single night. When he loses, it hurts. He's pissed when he loses, and he don't want to hear any excuses. That that man is on a mission to win a championship, nothing else. Nothing else matters. And I think with his will and determination – I don't. I don't see anybody beating him, man. He he can he like LeBron. He can win too by himself, and and he just need need his teammates to come through for two more. He can win three by himself. Real talk. So can the Spurs get back there because of Popovich and and the, you know they're veteran, they veterans. They've been there five years and they're playing with some focus and some intensity because they they want retribution for what happened to them last year, but. That man, KD, man, that he 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 is a problem. He is a problem for the West, and he's going to be a problem for the East. Stay out of that man's way. He 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 wants it, man. But it's part of the course, man. Nobody talks about the Spurs. I, nobody talks about the Spurs, man. I've always loved me some some San Antonio and Tim Duncan. <laughs> I, I used to pick them every year and, and end up losing. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but anyway. That, yeah, so that's my take. 
What, what about you, B? Are the Spurs, do you think they can do it? Can they pull it off again? Yeah, I mean, truth be told, I think from in the West, from seeds one through, what, five or six, easily, you know, those teams can make a run in the playoffs and be in the finals. So, yeah, I, I say the Spurs can, they can, you know, just like we, just like people always count them out the last four or five years, they always count them out. And then you look up and say, oh, snap, the Spurs got the best record in the rest. Oh, snap, the Spurs are in the Western Conference Finals. You know, oh, my goodness, the Spurs are in the NBA Finals. So it's just like it's always that you count them out. And they always just come back. And Greg Pop and Tim Duncan and company, man, they just, and, you know, Tony Parker, I still think he's one of the most, you know, underrated, you know, point yeah. guards in the league, you know, of course, because, I mean, God, and, they, you know, it's just because they're not flashy and they're not exciting and all that right. stuff. So, yeah, uh, you know, someone they're gonna always pay attention to Clippers and the, and the Golden States and the OKCs and stuff like that. But when they look at Spurs, they're like, oh, yeah, they're boring. But you know, a basketball someone who loves and appreciates team basketball like myself, I, you know, I appreciate what the Spurs do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, not granted, I, I may not watch them every single time they're on. If this certain games is on, I might be well, okay, I want to see what this team might do or whatever. But oh yeah, I mean, every time I look up, I say they, they go to Spurs again. Nobody's talking about them. They didn't mm-hmm. know what the best record. They 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 got the best record in the Western Conference, the toughest conference yep. in, the, in the NBA, right. and no one is not even saying anything about them. And it's like it's crazy, man. But you know, it's just all because people they want the flashiness. They want the the, the um, what's that? The uh, what's that shit the Clippers call the the, uh, the alley hoop shit? What's that they call them? Uh, oh, Live City. Yeah, Live City. Yeah, Live City and all that little stuff. So you know. I, I, like I said, I can see the Spurs being in the finals. I don't, you know, like Ken, I don't know if they can win it. They got a chance to win it. I, I think they're going to win it. I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the finals again. I would not be surprised at all. I'd be like, well, there you go. The Spurs did yeah, it again. I mean, yeah, Greg Popovich is just, that, that man, you know, he's. he's what about you, V4, man? I mean, What's your take on the Spurs, yeah. man? Dang, Kyle, just. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Um, okay, so the Spurs. I think that, um, you know, if we listen to what Phil Jackson said today, right, he, there was a couple things that he said. He says he believes, and I'm only going to go on one. He says he believes in system basketball. And I've been said it. I believe in system basketball as well. And when you have a system like the Spurs where they're so interchangeable, um, they're always going to be a threat. And and that's the reason why teams, defensive teams like Miami and Indiana, they struggle against San Antonio because there's not one person you can really focus on, not even Tim Duncan anymore. If you want to shut anybody down, it would be Tony Parker, but it would be irrelevant because here comes Bellinelli, here comes Ginobili, here comes Kawhi, here comes Patty Mills, here comes every other person that's on this damn roster. And any one of them could drop 20, including Boris Diaz. You know, so so that's why they're so difficult because it's not just let's shut this guy down, let's double team right. here, make sure we don't rotate. No, it the ball moves and you a player is never faster than the ball. So because the ball moves, they have shooters, they have multiple, uh, they have players that can play multiple positions. Man, they're a nightmare. But here's the thing: when it gets slowed down and it comes down to possession. I, I agree with Ken. I, I I don't think that they have the personnel on that on that team to deal with a Durant. Kawhi's nice. 
you know, come on, I like Kawhi, but come on, man, like, you just, come on. It, when Durant's like, hey, just give me the rock, there's nobody in this planet that can do anything with that man. So I, I, I think Durant's too much, and I'm going to tell you all this. I think as a team, the Clippers are better than San Antonio. As a team, like player for player, player for player. Hold up, hold up, player people. For Stop the press. Mm-hmm. Flag on the plate, 15-yard penalty, personal foul, all of that good shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hold up, man. I, I got to disagree. You said that the Clippers are better than the Spurs? Me, personally, I think that the the Clippers have something that the Spurs don't have, and that's okay. youth and athleticism. And, mm-hmm. and because of that, now we can say that the coaching's on par with, with, with San Antonio's coaching. The system, this is the first year. So, so obviously San Antonio has an advantage there. But when we're talking about the different phases of what you need, the Clippers have it all, man. They have outside shooting. They have penetration. They have one-on-one players. They have system players. They have defensive specialists. They have two-way guys. And I just think that what the Clippers have right now, the amount of talent that they've been able to amass, I, I, I honestly think that the only team that can beat the Clippers in a seven-game series right now is OKC. I think the Clippers can beat San Antonio in a seven-game series. Okay. That sounds crazy, I know, but I'm just saying that that's how I feel. From what I see, well, hey, that's what let's I mark it down. <laughs> <laughs> let's mark it down. Um, yeah, man. I, the Spurs, man. Just like I told uh, Hibachi in the chat room, man. I, I just uh, it's hard for me to bet against the Spurs. You know, the Spurs. Are, we all play ball. You know, you you come in the gym or you're on the blacktop. You see the one guy. He gets out of the car, and he's got on all this. He's got on sweatpants, and he's got on wristbands and goggles. And you think to yourself, man, this dude can't play. And the next thing you know, he's hitting buckets. You know, the most awkwardest shot, and he's the game-winning shot. And you're sitting there wondering how you lost to the guy that came in sweatpants um, and church socks. <laughs> that being said, I, I just I can't count them out. Um, they've won ten in a row. Uh, they're the hottest team in the NBA. Like I said, nobody's talking about them. Um, right now, sitting at the top uh, with percentage points-wise with the best record in the league uh, at 50 and 16, um, slightly better than Indiana at 50 and 17. Uh, and then Miami, Miami's right behind at 46 and 19 in the east, and Oklahoma City's right behind them in, in the west at 49 and 18. So they're only a game and a half behind. Um I, I don't know about that because, like I said, I just think the Spurs will find a way. And and I was I was talking to my man Swish on Twitter. Uh, Swish decided to hit me up and remind me that Blake Griffin was balling and that they had won you know ten or eleven straight the other day. And you know, and I kind of re- reminded him that you know all of that lobs that stuff when you you got to play ball in the playoffs. You know, not you don't have a lot of breakaway slam dunks and stuff like that. You have to play half court basketball. And you know, as long as uh, Chris Paul is running the pick and roll. I think they're fine, but Blake Griffin, he's played phenomenal. He's 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 definitely deserving of some MVP consideration. Um, but I don't know that they have enough because I don't. San Antonio's been there, and I think that's where I'm going to lean on San Antonio just a bit over the Clippers because I think you know their experience and having been there before, and I obviously haven't been there last year. You know they just they hit you with so many different ways, man. I mean they're just they're like that strong uncle, man. And you know your old uncle who just you know had that old man strength. I mean they just 
I wouldn't bet against San Antonio. I, I would not bet. I wouldn't bet a dime against San Antonio. Uh, do I think that they have enough to beat Miami? No, I don't know that they have enough to beat Miami, providing Miami comes out of the East. But you know, if if Westbrook and and Durant aren't playing, you know, on on point together, no, they 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 could definitely give them a run. Who was on that Clippers squad in 2012? I don't re- who who did they have besides Chris Paul in that 2012 playoff series? You talking know? about when they lost to Memphis? No, when they lost, when they got swept by the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, shit. Outside of they, their big three, I don't know. Yeah, they got, think, yeah, because they got, they got, they got swept, they got swept by the Spurs that in 2012, and you know all that live city stuff that they was doing during that season. Greg Popovich found a way to cut that shit off in the playoffs. Yeah, but but so you know what? That that was a different. I, I'm with people, man. That was a different I, I know, team. I'm just asking who was on the. That's all I want to oh. know. Who was on that team? I don't know. That's why. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. I, I, I'm just, uh, I'm who was coaching? Going, Wasn't that guy from um, from from Chicago, right? Uh, uh, Vinny Del Negro. Was it? Vinny yeah, Del he was coaching. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, they got Danny Granger. Danny Granger looks great since he's been there. He looks better than he didn't than he has uh, all year in in, yeah, in he's Indiana. To start. Danny um, trying he, to start. he got yeah, Big Baby Davis, um, who knows his system, and we all know Doc Rivers can coach his ass off. He would have won his second championship if the referees didn't call so many fouls against them in, in Game Seven <laughs> in, in LA. No, Perkins. No, Perkins being injured. That's what hurts. Him. Yeah, that's what hurts. Well, yeah, that's yeah, that's but hurt. come on, man. We 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 saw the game. They they call foul after foul after foul. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. They, you know, that's over with. But anyway, um, I'm with FIFO. Doc Rivers makes the difference between this team. Because they can run and gun all day because that's just what Chris Paul, Chris Paul could just get up and down the court. He could just do that. But when it comes to running an offense and having some things in place, Doc Rivers has them playing um, different. They they look different than they have in the past. They're not really relying on that run and gun like they used to. But the key difference is Blake Griffin. If, mm-hmm. Look, I know everybody's talking about him right now, but I'm watching him play, and it seems like he just – it seems like he's just figured it out, and he's worked on his game. He, you know, he's developed his jumper. He got a couple of moves here or there. He's, his confidence is up, and it seems like they've really given the team to him. It's like, look, you're the guy. You're going to carry us, and we're going to lean on you. He's fighting back. We, we haven't seen Blake Griffin fight back before. He, as a matter of fact, Blake Griffin, for the first time that I've seen, when he got tangled up in Denver, he he tossed somebody to the floor. Man, right. he's like, man, get off me, man. What's... And then he got up and he started walking to him. Blake Griffin is a different guy. He's not Durant. He can't do that. You know, he can't just score a wheel like that. But Blake Griffin is focused. I don't know what Doc Rivers told that guy, what he's done to him. But you know, Blake what, Griffin is about to be a problem if he keeps man, on look, this, this, this pace. Look, I've been saying it for years now. The tweaks in Blake Griffin's game were so minor that I don't understand how Vinny Donego wasn't able to get that out of him. First of all, on the jump shot, he had this weird, awkward pause. Just get rid of the pause. When you watch him shooting out, it's fluid. It's one motion. Just shoot the rock. 
Then the other thing, too, was how he was holding the ball when he got the ball. Nigga, make a decision when the ball comes to you <laughs> or go by somebody because you have to put pressure on defense. And and, and I 100% agree with you, Ken. And, and, and this is the other thing. I'm going to tell you what the real big three in L.A. is. It's Doc Rivers, Chris Paul, and Blake Griffin. And the reason why I say that is, is because – what happened with the Clippers and their and, and how they've been able to transcend is the fact that what made the Clippers viable, made them an attraction, was Blake Griffin. Drafting Blake Griffin mm-hmm. number one overall, he was a franchise changer. Now, when they got Chris Paul, he made them playoff contenders. When they got Doc, that's a championship. There, there's no other aspiration now. It's only championships. And they right. have a system... Blake is playing at an MVP caliber level. He is a modern day Carl Malone. That that yeah. that is his niche, and I've always seen it. I always knew. I, I I was about a year and a half ahead of where Blake Griffin was, and I think what set him back was obviously the first uh, injury, and then also when he was with Team USA and he got he injured his knee again with the meniscus. Right. So I knew that 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 this jump that we're seeing. What's going to happen? Because when you look at NBA players, it's, it's, it's almost right there in front of your face. Look at all of the players that had playoff success. Now they come back next year balling. Mm-hmm. Look at Paul George. Paul George averaged, what, 15 points a game? But he was scoring 30-some, 40-some against LeBron James in the finals? And now he's coming back and he's a top-five player in the NBA this year? They're, they're, look at James Harden. Even though he struggled in the finals, then went to Houston and went ballistic, but then again struggled in the playoffs, I don't see that happening again this year. But, you know, it, it, you see how players make these jumps, man. And, and, Blake, it was just a matter of time, time and opportunity, just like how mm-hmm. I thought it was really – well, not really important, but I, I, I thought it was good for Durant uh, that Westbrook went down. It was even more so better for Blake because now you have to – like, there's no, there's no other option, bro. We're not going to go run 20 plays for J.J. Redick today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> like, 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 you're going to get the majority of, of the calls, and we need you. You have to get us 20, or else we don't have a, a chance. So I think that was very big for Blake. And then now, as a point guard, Chris Paul can take a step back now. And to give the ball to Blake, hey, Blake, we need a bucket, man. Do what you do. You know, it became his team, man. Paul. Like when when Paul went down, it became Blake Griffin's team, and there was mm-hmm. no let off. We saw the same yep. thing. Like when Chris Paul went down, it was like, oh shit, he'll he'll right. go to Clippers again, and nah, they they didn't lose. Yep, they didn't lose. Yeah, it's gonna Blake be a coming upon him oh. to kind of keep that that same thing going. You know, same uh, uh, like you mentioned earlier about Durant. Um, you know, he he's gonna have to. He, he changed, and and things changed for him. You know, once Westbrook went down. Which uh, actually leads me into the next question I have for you guys. Um, MVP man, the race is heating up. It, it, it looks like it's a two. I mean, Griffin can you know definitely receive some consideration for it, man. But it looks like it's a two man race, man. B, who you got? You have one vote. Who you gonna give it to? MVP NBA right now. I'm giving it to Durant, Kevin Durant. Yeah, he's just, yeah, I mean, you know, I think Ken says that he's just playing at another level. He's playing angry. He's playing like he's focused. I mean, yeah, he's an he's MVP for your 2013-14 NBA season. You know, especially if, if especially if they speak out and take that, 
best record from San Antonio and the Western Conference, uh, I think he would definitely get it hands down. But, yeah, I think Kevin Durant. Okay. What about you, Ken? Well, I already gave my my KD speech earlier, man, but it's just, <laughs> the race is over. The race is over. It's a wrap. It's Kevin Durant. Let's, let's just end it now. Let's quit all the back and forth about because LeBron's struggles after 61 just, just killed him. If he would have kept on that torrid pace yep, after that, yep. he, he would still be in it. But, but Kevin Durant, man, he, he didn't let up when, when Westbrook came back. He struggled. The team struggled. They lost some games, but Kevin Durant mm-hmm. still kind of put up some points. But um, it's, it's Kevin Durant, he, he, he just lit up Chicago um, the other day, made it look easy. It's, Kevin, it's over, man. It's over. It's Kevin Durant's hands down. Let's just give it to the man. And and LeBron, if he should be mad at anybody, he should be mad at himself because he came in and he just kind of coasted through this season, and now all of a sudden he want to turn it on. Man, get out of here, man. KD came in. He was focused, and he's not doing this to win MVP, mind you. He's doing this to win a championship. So it's Kevin Durant, man. Let's just get stopped. We just need to stop. (laughs) It's over. The race is over. No doubt. No doubt. What about you, FIFO? I think if the race ended today, I think it's hands down Kevin Durant. But unlike Ken, I think that, uh, you know, what, what is it, about uh, 13 days left in the season? Yeah, something like that. 14. Still got a little time left. You know, yeah. So, so you know, man, look, man, you never count out the, 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 the former MVP. We, we all, come on, man. Like, like, come on. Ken, Ken, did we not just retweet today? You said LeBron did not have a heart of a champion. He just done one twice. So, here's the thing. 15 games to go, I think LeBron could close the gap. But I think it's highly unlikely. Uh, I think it's Durant. I think that, um, you know, just what he's been able to do, carry that team, pretty much have them without Westbrook as the number one team in the West, yo, that's an accomplishment. And the reason why I say that is is because with Westbrook out, if Durant would have went out, that's a lottery team. If Mm -hmm. D-Wade is out, if D-Wade is out, and LeBron is out, that Miami team is still making the playoffs. We care what nobody says, especially in the East. They would still be where they are. They, Chicago wouldn't catch them. Brooklyn, none of them other crab-ass teams in the East this year would have caught Miami just with Chris Bosh. Impossible. So, for that reason, I give it to KD. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go with Durant, man. I mean, right now, he's he's on another level. I think he's I think he's focused. I think, you know, I think, like I said earlier, Westbrook going down really, you know, really put it, he put it, he took it upon himself to say, hey, I'm going to put this team on my back. It's not that we ever doubted that. I mean, everybody knew coming out of Texas that what kind of player he was. It was just, you know, here's the thing. Durant, his demeanor, I mean, he seems like a very quiet and kind of, I don't know, Shy, if you will. I mean, I hate to call a grown ass man shy, <laughs> but he seems kind of shy. Like, like LeBron. LeBron eats up the celebrity. He eats up the spotlight. He loves that shit. You know. I mean, let's just keep it real. And deservedly so. He LeBron has earned everything that he's gotten, and so has Durant. But you know, I think LeBron, wherein LeBron will embrace this. And I heard Durant say the other night, he's like, like you said, people. It's, for him, it's not about an MVP race. He's trying to do what he can to put that team in the playoffs with the best record in the NBA. I mean, like I said, he's only a, half, a game and a half outside of the Spurs. I think they meet up at least, 
I want to say two more times before the season ends. Um, you know, there's a lot of basketball left to be played, um, and he's put the team on his back. Westbrook has come back and kind of, you know, filtered his way back in and everything. Um, I, I think he's focused, man, and I think he's playing this way at the right time. I think it's going to be – I think it's definitely going to do well for them, uh, you know, rolling into the playoffs because, like you said, in a couple of weeks, you know, the playoffs are going to start, and that's when it all – because the Western Conference, let's just keep it real, is stacked. Um it's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> if you want to see, you know, seven games, you'll probably see more seven-game series in the West than you will see in the East. You know, you might not see a seven-game series in the East probably until maybe the Eastern Conference. Well, maybe. I, I take that back. You never know. But the games, I think, will be more competitive, obviously, because the teams are out West. I mean, you can look at the standings. I mean, there are teams like Phoenix that are – Phoenix is 39 and – excuse me, 38 and 29, and they are, you know – they, if the playoffs started today, they wouldn't make the playoffs in the West. But if you put them in the East, hell, they're the number three seed. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, it's definitely – that's where the competition is. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, the NBA uh, in the next few weeks to come. Phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. You've got about 30 minutes left. Hit us up, 646-478-0356. I uh, want to jump back to the NFL, man. We we talked a little bit about it earlier, man. Carolina Panthers. Uh, they obviously last week let go their one of their arguably the face of the franchise for the past ten or eleven years. Steve Smith, uh, the fiery wide receiver. Um, they also uh, wide receiver Ted Ginn left, uh, signed a deal with another team. Uh, Brandon LaFell just left, uh, and then. They got news today that Cam Newton is going to have surgery on his ankle. To, ankle. Uh, be out for four months. Yeah, he's going to be out for four months. I, I, now, personally, I don't know why Cam, quote unquote, waited this long to get it done. But as it stands now, Cam Newton doesn't have a proven receiver to throw the ball to. Um, so, Ken, I'll start with you, man. What's wrong with the Panthers? Kyle. <clears throat> Cam Newton has never, he hasn't really had a proven receiver to throw to since he came to the league. You know, and uh, Steve Smith, love him, great, but he had to go anyway because, you know, he's on the decline. He can still play, but, and excuse me, he's even admitted that he's not a, a number one option and maybe mm-hmm. like a three or four that came out of his mouth. He admitted that. The problem with the Panthers is, is the franchise failure and, and, it's almost, I don't want to say it's similar to the, the New York Jets, but I kind of think of the New York Jets or the Oakland Raiders when I, when I kind of think about them for the simple fact that they don't give their people talent to win. Like the, the Jets, you know, went, went, went to the AFC Championship twice, and, and they just went, it seems like, in a different direction after that. Um, and then we, we know what happened with the Raiders. The Raiders just made poor draft choices. But, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, man. I, I, when you got a guy like Cam Newton, I'm surprised that they never really gave this guy talent to throw to. And it's like, I don't want to say they're setting him up to fail, but it's like he's not the kind of guy. He doesn't have a a, a coach like a Belichick that has a system that that can that can excel for for Cam Newton. And he, he clearly is not Brady, so he needs players around him. And, and Cam is not the kind of guy that's going to make his receivers any better. 
You know what I'm saying? So uh, he's he's gonna fail, unfortunately. And and I'm not gonna blame Cam Newton, but so many people will. But it's not his fault that they haven't given him anybody. The running backs became brittle, but they gave them, and I think that's part of the problem. They gave the running backs all of that money, Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams. So mm-hmm. they didn't really have much to really me. give to anybody else. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So you know they kind of put themselves in in, in this bigger financial uh, hole, but. It's unfortunate to see the brother go out like this, man, and, and um, Brandon LaFell's gone, and he never panned out. With The coaching was never really good. I, I don't think the culture for Cam Newton has been good, you know, since he came in the league, and he's never had the talent to win. But they expect him to win because he was the number one draft pick. Get out of here, right. man. You need, you need players, man. We saw what happened to Brady, and he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play, and he struggled at times when he didn't have anybody to throw to. When he was throwing the dops and then Kimbrell <laughs> Now imagine playing for guys like that for three, three or four years straight. Because that's what Cam Newton had to do, deal with. What, what about terrible. you, FIFO, man? What, what, what's going on with the Panthers, man? What do you think is going to happen? Man, I think that um, one phrase was overused in basketball, but should be used here. I think the Panthers should just be tanked. Mainly because when you're the worst, you get the best pick. And That's true. they need talent, man. They they just need talent. I think, this is, look, because Cam is going to be out four months, so that puts us where? That, that's the beginning of the season already, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, yep. let me see. That, yeah, that would put him, yeah. You figured that, At least missing training camp. Yeah, that's like okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so he's going to, so, so. We already know that that's just recovery time. Like, that's not even – like, is he going to be back? Because the procedure is he's getting ligaments tightened in right. his ankle. You see what I'm saying? So, I, I just – I don't know, man. I say, look, just let Ken sit out, man, because he's your future. Let him sit out. Don't put nothing out there, and the fans are going to be pissed off. But you know what? You're going to have that number one pick, and I don't know who's going to be next year. But yo, like you, you, you need. They need something because realistically, the person that they need to go to try to draft is is Sammy Watkins. They, they, that, that's mm. what they need. They, they, they oh, need no to go get them. Mm-hmm. They need to get them a number one pure option. You know what I'm saying? Because yo, I agree with Ken, man. Um, there's certain type of quarterbacks that it doesn't matter who you put around them, they'll still flourish. Like Eli mm. Manning's one of those guys. You know, like I said with Eli, it's every other year with him. So last year was whatever. This year he's going to come out. He might win the Super Bowl. You heard it here right. first. But um, <laughs> you know, like like then you have quarterbacks that make everybody better, and then you have quarterbacks that are kind of like multi beneficial. I think Cam's a multi beneficial quarterback, meaning that if the receiver is great, oh Cam's going to look great too. Right. If the receiver is bad. Cam can maybe make him look good here and there, but Cam's not going to elevate the players of his wide receiver. You know, so it's multi beneficial. You give him talent, Cam might look like the best damn quarterback in the NFL. And um, you know, I, I think that's on the organization. I don't know where their plan is. As soon as I heard that Darren Sproles was about to get cut, what did I say? I tweeted John like, "Yo, yep. Carolina need to go get this man right here." Because you need to make a decision on, on D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. One of them got to go. One of them, because it hasn't worked since that one year where they both rushed for like 1,200 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, what, so, what about it, you, B? It, any take on, on, uh, on the Panthers, man? Uh, 
shit. Um, you know, if people made a good point about, you know, yeah, they should probably just tank it. But, I mean, in actuality, they're not going to do it. I mean, you know, right. the owner's not going to the owner's not gonna allow, you know, a season ticket holder who wants to see Cam Newton, you know, be upset. You know what I'm saying? The, the owner's not going to go for that. They paid that man that money. He, he's probably going to go out there and still give it his all. And I think Cam Newton himself is very competitive. I think he's going to still want to go out there and give his all. Granted, we still don't know what they might do in the draft. Or is there any more wide receiver free agencies available in the in the, in the, in the um, NFL? Not any top tier receivers. I mean, you know, you can go get your. Um, there's no number one receivers out there right now that you can go get. I, I just, I mean, and then what they, I would say, trade up, try to trade up in the draft, and maybe try to draft one of those, you know, top notch receivers that's in the draft. I don't, I don't know. I mean, at this point, I mean, the off season, off season is not officially over yet. So let's 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 still sit back and see what. What um, Carolina might do in this draft, or they might try to pick up somebody else to trade, or, or or do whatever. We never know what might happen in the off season. So let's not let's not throw the white flag for Carolina just yet. We we acting like the the, the off season is over and the season about to start next week. So let's let's just see what else you know. I mean, yeah, as of right now, it's looking bad. I mean, it's looking very bad right, right now. They, they don't got because yeah, if mean, you don't have a, you don't have a receipt. I mean, yeah. like they don't even have don't, a number one. I mean, everybody's unproven and yeah. I, and I don't you know, think they have a tight end. Is Olsen still there? Is Greg Olsen still there? I I think he is. But here's the thing that I, I just thought about, too. If I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong, I, and I didn't get a chance to look it up, but if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, Cam Newton's contract comes up next next summer. Next summer, so yeah. I don't know so if maybe they're trying to clear room because, so yeah. you know, he's gonna he's still on his rookie deal. So if I'm not mistaken, yeah. he's gonna, mm-hmm. definitely he's going to command a $100 million contract. So maybe so, they're trying to be mm-hmm. one of those big – He's going to play. He's going to play. He's not going to sit down. Yeah, he's definitely going to play. Yeah, he's going to play. It ain't going to be no less than out to tank the season. Cam Newton is going to play. But I I think, you know, for the fan base that they have, and and I I know a lot of Carolina Panther fans, and, I mean, like, everybody's just in shock. And, they're you know, getting rid of Steve Smith is one thing, but, and, and, you know, because he was a fan favorite, obviously. But, you know, the money that he was asking for, I don't know that they necessarily could have paid him. Um, you know, even though his production, you know, kind of tailed off, but he, you know, he got hurt at the end, but he was still productive. Um, and I think he's going to a Baltimore team that, you know, can really, will really, really benefit from his services, you know, with put Steve mm-hmm. Smith on one side, Torrey Smith on the other side. Um, you know, Joe, Joe Flacco will make it happen. I think it's going to be interesting to see how it turns out because, you know, and I joked earlier, I, I said, you know, I don't know if Carolina plans to run the wing T or not because they don't have any <laughs> receivers, you know, so, it's gonna be interesting, man. I, I, you know, you you don't want to see teams fall like that. Uh, and like B said, it, it is early in free agency, and still a lot of stuff that can happen. Um, they can always trade for somebody or what have you. But um, as a Falcon fan, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm six, four six four seven eight zero three five six. You're listening to the best show on the internet right now. And this is the place where sports opinions collide, Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle, joined by my esteemed cast members. You know my partners from Dead End Hip Hop, B, Ken, and FIFO. Hit us up. Hit us up. Matter of fact, tell a friend. Tell a friend. We're on every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the show is being broadcast live. In the event you cannot listen to the show live, you missed any parts of the show, check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com. Backslash Dead End Sports. You can also check it out on Stitcher. If you have an iPhone or Android, just go to your application store, download the Stitcher application for free, search Dead End Sports, 
upload it. You can listen at your leisure, at home or on the go. It's just that simple. Hit us up, 646-478-0356. Um, next question I had, oh, I, I forgot this other question we, as far as the NBA was concerned. Um, the Pacers, man, and the Heat, they seem to have cooled off somewhat. Um, they were hot, red hot, and, and like Ken re- uh, referenced earlier, uh, LeBron seemed to kind of tail off a little bit after that uh, after that uh, 61-point game that he had. Um, they The Heat have won two straight, but they've only won five of their they, – they're five and five in their last ten games. Uh, the Pacers have picked it up a little bit. They've won their last four, but they're only six and four in their last ten. Um, so the question I want to throw to you, B, uh, first, what's wrong with both of these teams? Nothing, just a long NBA season. I mean, you know, you're gonna have you're gonna have a, a you know some games or a little streak when you kind of like looking bad. Rather, rather it's in the beginning of the season, the middle of the season, or you know towards the tail end of the season, going into the playoffs. I, I think these guys know once once April come and they get in, the, you know, once the playoffs start, they're going these guys are gonna turn it up. They're not gonna look you know sluggish for you know four straight games and be out of a series like we're seeing them playing right now. It's just. A long season. NBA is a long season. These guys have been playing, you know, off season, going way back to, to you know August, September, and preseason and stuff. It's, it's a long season. You're gonna have stretches when when you're not looking so good. I mean, the Spurs had a, had a little run, you know, beginning of the season when they wasn't looking too hot. You know, people were like, oh, well, this is it for the Spurs. This is it. You know, and it's, it's November, December. So it's just it's a long season. That's all. It ain't nothing to be panic about. I think we just gotta calm down. We, they're still gonna be. Playing more more likely playing for the Eastern Conference Finals come come you know late May and going into June or whatever so you know it's just a long season you know that's all I got to say about that. What about you, Ken? Anything wrong with Miami and uh, and Indy? Um, tough breaks, poor execution for Miami. Uh, all of those games uh, except one, I believe they they could have won. Um, Fatigue, obviously, the the excitement of the 61 game and everything that surrounded it, you know, I, I think it became a bit of a, a slight distraction for a while, um, you know. I, so I and, and I think um, that that kind of affected Miami a little bit. Dwayne Wade, you know, trying to integrate him back to the system. LeBron, you know, not used to not having the ball in those stretches because pretty much, you know, Dwayne's been in and out, so you know he's been used to carrying. You know the team. You know for the most part for the whole year tonight he put up 43, but and Wade didn't play. You know that kind of felt natural for LeBron for this year, and he mm-hmm. was able to be more aggressive and do what he needed to do. Um, so I think that when I look at those games, they they were right there. They could have won. They could have won the game against Houston. You know uh, they lost by three, and LeBron only had what three points or so in the second half, and you know they could have won that game. So. Um, like B said, I think it's just a, a tough stretch. Last year we were talking about 27 straight, and we saw what effect that had on them throughout the playoffs and then afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, this year is a different; it's just a different path to for them. Hopefully, a finals uh, appearance and uh, a NBA championship. You know, every season has its own story, and we've heard Pat Riley even say that and echo those sentiments. The funny thing about this whole lull that Miami is in is they came right after Pat Riley was like, look, yeah, I know we're playing good, but kind of chill out for a minute. We we still have a ways to go. We still have work to do. And that's the, you know, this happens. Right. The Pacers, on the other hand, should really count them count their blessings because they're playing for one thing this year. I, I say they're playing for two things. 
they're playing for the number one seed, and they struggle. I think that um, they finally ran up against teams that got up for them, and I wanted to kind of see how they would deal with that. Miami's been used to that for three years now, four years now. The Pacers, this is new. You know, and they play down to the level of competition. And, you know, they're, they're kind of like these. Detroit Pistons a little bit. Yeah, they have uh. Paul George who can light up, but, but wait, wait, no, listen where I'm going with this, though. But as a collective unit, they play really, really well together. Even though they have that one star, you know, George could be like the Billups, you know, but as a whole unit, they really, really play well together as a team. You know, so, and I think that that plays at extreme because when you look at the box score, you watch them play, nobody's really standing out to you. You know, Hibbert looks very unimpressive all year to me, you know, and, and Bynum comes in and he does that, but his knees swelled up and, you know, so, um, and I think they've been a force, you know, they, they get behind, but the Pacers are dealing with winning now. They're dealing with being a number one team in the NBA for all year, and now, you know, people are coming after their neck, and it's new. So they only care about playing Miami, and they only want to beat Miami. And that's their motivation. We want to get the number one seed so we can beat Miami. But I want to tell everybody something. I want to say it right here on this show. Everybody needs to look out for the Brooklyn Nets because them boys, nobody's talking about them, but they are kicking ass. Oh, I said, I ass. get it. After that yes. game, I, I think Kyle, I, I probably tweeted y'all after that third game when they lost to Brooklyn, I was like, Yo, man, I, I see, I see, I see almost similar matchup problems that New Jersey, I mean, that Brooklyn Nets are causing to Miami. It's the same way I saw Orlando to Cleveland Cavaliers that year when Miami, when everybody, I mean, when Cleveland, when everybody pinned Cleveland to be in the finals. You know, they had the best record in the league, and then you know, all of a sudden, here come Orlando. I remember watching the game one. I'm like, wait a minute, Orlando posed matchup problems against the Cavs, and it's like the same way I'm seeing with Brooklyn, and it seems like right now Brooklyn's starting to get their stride right now at the right time, you know, mm-hmm. and all they, all they got away for was Kevin Garnett to come back, and, and you know, I, I see, who was that doing all that moving? Who was that? FIFO. Oh, <laughs> um, but, um, but, yeah. All, <laughs> we established see, last I, week it was FIFO. Yeah, I see I see similarities in, 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 in uh, Brooklyn Nets with, you know, with the old Orlando and Cavs, man, because they, they can't handle their limp. I mean, New Jersey, when they playing right, I mean, I keep saying New Jersey, when Brooklyn playing right, that mm-hmm. lift, man, Miami was having issues with that lift. Even the bench, the bench, uh, Brooklyn Nets bench was too much for Miami's bench as far as the lift and everything. And, and if they, uh, I agree with Ken. I, I see it, man. I'm not saying, you know, I can see them pushing, you know, Miami to seven games. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, don't be shocked if the matchup problems can cause them to mess around and lose if Miami don't play like they like they got their mind right. Cause, yeah, and you know, you know play, what? They, like I, yeah, go ahead. I was because like, like I said before, playoffs is about matchups and coaching. So right, you know, and you know Miami got the edge on the coaching part, but you know, matchups. I see some serious, and, and I watched all three of those games this season that that Miami played against Brooklyn, home and away, and Brooklyn caused some matchup problems, man, with that limp. They they really do. And I can see some, I can see something bad happening for Miami if they match up against them. Yeah, and they they've actually had the Pacers beat a couple of times, you know, early in the season. So, yeah. so yeah, man, I think yeah. I think the I think the Nets, man, people watch out for the Nets. But and, and, yeah, so I, I think the Pacers, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be, you know, revitalized when the playoffs coming. Uh, Miami 
kind of concerns me a little bit because their three-point shooting this year isn't as effective as it was last year statistically, so it's, it's less of a weapon, and they shoot a lot. They, it seems like they shoot more this year than they did last year. And the point guards are playing absolutely horrendous. Chalmers is, is hit or miss. Norris Cole is hit or miss. You know, and Battier can't, can't hit a, a damn thing. So, Battier can't um, hit nothing. That ain't the final Nothing, yet, dog. Like, they don't, so their pieces around the big three are not contributing as much to Miami as they have in the past, and that could be problematic, you know, in, in the playoffs unless they okay. get it together. All right. But it's All not right. the playoffs it's, yet, though. It, but it's not the playoffs yeah, yet. It, so it, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's time for me to go because, because y'all, 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 y'all. All right. Y'all make some great points. I'm not going to disagree with much of what y'all said. But first and foremost, I think what Miami's problem is, is what most championship teams are. They're just ready for the playoffs. At this point, whether they get home court or not, it, I, I think it's irrelevant for Miami. Yeah, I think no it's matter. pretty much been, yeah, I think it's pretty much been irrelevant all year. I think that when they realize, like, hey, we're not even playing our best ball, and Indiana's within striking distance, let's go for it because why not? But I think at this point, it's just it, that. Think about this, man. They've been to three straight finals trying to chase a fourth. That has only been done, like. You could count on one hand in the history of the NBA. That's not easy to do. So just mentally, that is mentally draining, especially when you know that realistically the last 15 games, y'all could go over 15 and probably still finish with home court advantage in the first round. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to stay that sharp and that focused throughout to finish off the regular season. I think you'll see a new... Uh, more revitalized, uh, more business-like Miami team when the playoffs mm-hmm. start. Obviously, in the in the first round, you know uh, they're, they're going to be seeing who's number seven right now. Is it Washington? Uh, uh, yeah, I think you so. You mean the standings? Um, let's see. Right now, yeah. uh, Miami's number mm-hmm. one. Excuse mm-hmm. me, Indiana's number one. Miami's two. Mm-hmm. Three is Toronto. Chicago's four. Washington's five. Brooklyn six. Charlotte is seven, and Atlanta is number yeah. eight. So they're going to see. They might see Atlanta. Uh, no, they're going to see Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. Charlotte. So, they want to so, see the Hawks. So right there. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, yeah. I want to see them. Hey, I, I want to see them. Let let, let 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 that be the first round matchup. I'll be at every. I'll be at all. Oh two, my god! Both home games. I'm trying to be there swept. for real. But um, but here 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 here's the other thing with Miami. I'm gonna answer one of the questions that uh, Ken posed in, in, in his closing statement about Miami. Um, they are shooting more threes, and the reason why they're shooting more threes is because Bosch is shooting more threes. He's actually providing them more floor spacing uh, this year. And you're 100 percent right. Battier, North Cole's been inconsistent. Uh, with Battier, I don't care, man. I just need him in the final. I don't even need him in all the playoffs. <laughs> like just hey, look, Game Seven Finals, make your threes, bro. We'll be all right. Yeah, that's all they need them for. That's all they need them for. Um, but and, and and then I think that realistically, I think I don't think that Brooklyn is going to pose. Uh, the, at least they don't pose the same level of concern for me without Brook Lopez that obviously they do for you without him. Um, mainly because, yeah, Brooklyn has beat them, you know, three times on the regular season. Shit. Um, the first year of the big three, Chicago beat Miami three times in a regular season. Right. That shit don't That's mean exactly nothing. Go. That shit don't mean nothing. Because when LeBron is like, yo, 
Y'all niggas not winning. They don't have nobody to match that. And Darren Williams, he has to be the – he looks like an all-star now again. Just like last year's second half, he, he started to look like an all-star. He looks like an all-star again. But I don't trust him. He needs to be, he needs to play at that level for a whole year for me to really feel like Brooklyn is a true contender to Miami. They need Brook Lopez and they need Darren Williams. Brook Lopez doesn't even need to be at his best. He just needs to be okay. But Darren Williams has to be at his best. Because Joe, Joe Joe's playing nice, but if it, 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 Spolster go ahead and, and stick his Yeah, you can't trust Joe number one. And if Spolster go ahead and, and stick his guard dog LeBron on him, like, hey, hey, come on man. There ain't nothing happening there. So I do not trust these guys. You know, Paul Pierce is the truth. You know, I, I respect them and all but I, man, Brooklyn, they're not on my radar. The only the only team in the East realistically and I'm not and I'm not marginalizing Brooklyn, because Brooklyn is a good team. They're just not all of their pieces aren't there. If they were 100%, I will 100% agree with you guys. But this Brooklyn team, they're nice, but, man, not, not in the playoffs. They're not playoff nice. They're not playoff nice. I, I'm, I'm not believing them. I'm not believing nobody else besides Indiana. Yeah, I, I, Indiana? People, yeah I agree with you 110%. I, I don't make much of it. It, it looks like Brooklyn... You know, they're like the little kid who, you know, got the best of you and he's sticking his chest out. Um, you know, Miami, they're really, like Ken said, they're going through the motions. They're trying to just get through the season. They're trying to make it to the finish line with a healthy D-Wade, trying to rest them up as much as possible. He has to be healthy for them to win. Outside of the first first mm-hmm. round, you know, uh, you know, he can't afford to miss any games. Um, due to you know his injury or what have you, and if he's missing games in the playoffs, then the injury is a lot more serious than people are letting on, because um, you shouldn't mm-hmm. miss any playoff games in, 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 in when you're in the playoffs. Um, that being said, like I said, I agree totally with FIFA. I think Miami is just trying to make it, uh, just to get on through and, and just to you know try to just you know for the lack of a better term, make it to the finish line. Once they get to the finish line, I think that's when you'll see the real Miami Heat turn it up. You know they. They've done it before. They're, they're battle-tested, and for me, it's hard to pick against them. we got a whole bunch of time to talk about that, man. I'm definitely looking forward to the playoffs, and we're definitely going to be talking about that. Uh, before we get out of here, man, let's jump into some closing statements. Uh, B, what's your closing statement, man? Uh, Floyd Mayweather, I don't know what the hell is going on with <laughs> camp or whatever. You know, he, got a, he was arrested for attempted murder and kidnapping because he thought people that cleaned up his house sold his jury, and they did some wiring, breaking bad beatdown type shit on him. So I don't know what's going on with the case. I don't know Mayweather what you're doing with the Peach man, who you got in your camp, watching you got in your camp. But you know that's all I'm gonna say about that man. Mayweather, stay, stay out, stay out, stay out. Watch who you, watch who you, watch the couple you keep, man. No doubt, no doubt. Ken, close the statements. Portland Trailblazers, man, I, I, oh my God, it's just been, you know, ups and downs for you this, this season, man, um, uh, hopefully you guys make the playoffs, but y'all, you guys need to get it together, man, you guys are losing games, and now you lost Aldridge, but you weren't winning games with Aldridge, you started out hot, and then all of a sudden you go 500 after a 22-4 and start, so, uh, it's a long season, you guys were young, and the age is showing, uh, I believe in you guys, you guys let me down, so get your shit together. There it is. There it is. FIFO, it's on you. Man, look, I'm gonna, this is how I'm going to close it. Do what you do and do it to the best of your ability. And what I'm getting at is the New York Knicks. James Dolan, you're a businessman. 
and you write pretty good checks. So keep writing them checks because you about to pay Phil Jackson a whole lot of money and let Phil Jackson do his job and just sit back and write them checks. And that's all I got, man. I've been saying it. Phil Jackson, for two years, he needed to be a damn exec. James Dolan did a good job. Thank you for, at least for now, saying that you're going to back up and let him do his job. And let him do what he do, man. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, my closing statement, man, is going to be to Warren Buffett, man. I'm, I'm a big fan of Warren Buffett. I read a lot of stuff about him. Um, hey, man, just, just, hey, man, just, just slide me a little bit, man. I mean, I, I got a decent bracket. I don't know. I don't know if I was supposed to get on there more than once, but um, hey, you ain't got to give me ten mil, man. I'll settle for. I'll settle for twenty dollars. Just slide me a couple of dollars, man. That's 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 my <laughs> message to Warren Buffett, man. Just wait a minute. Maybe not twenty dollars. Give me give me like a hundred thousand, hundred thousand, and I'll just I won't. I'll go away. I, you don't have to tell nobody that I didn't win. You know, I can tell my mom and my dad, so they'll be proud of me and they'll yell my name to the to the masses. <laughs> so that's gonna do it for this week. Man, for my boys, FIFO, Ken, and B, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. This is Dead End Sports. We'll holler at you guys next week. Peace. Peace.